this. I have to be careful. Sometimes she just takes over. But uh, we kind of we kind of like family. We like doing life with each other. Uh, but but we we really do think that uh, there's there's very little more important to God than your than your house. And you know uh, uh, to have the opportunity to dedicate babies is awesome. And uh, you know well you know a lot of people ask, can I get my baby baptized? We we don't baptize babies. We let them wait till they're older and can make some decisions. But we dedicate babies to God because we believe that children are a blessing from the Lord. How many know that every blessing comes with complications? Yeah, and uh, so we just love those little complications. And uh, but and for some of you guys in the midst of a complication tonight, be of good cheer because this too shall pass. Amen. And uh, uh, but tonight we're we're gonna we're gonna dedicate a baby and uh, uh, Noah Schof is gonna bring his family up here, and uh, we're gonna dedicate this little guy. Bring the whole crew. Get them all up here. Oh, come on, give it up for him. Yeah, this is awesome. We'll let the family get up here. We love you guys. Noah Clayton Schof. That's awesome. Isn't that awesome? My dad's name was Clayton. Yeah. So you think they named him after you. <laughs> Not pastor's dad. Okay. Uh, we, we just want to, you already know that we stand with you. That we'll do, you know, shoot, we do anything in our power to help you. And the body is behind you and for you, not against you. But when we bring, when we bring a child to the Lord and to dedicate it to the Lord, really it's an it's a, it's a acknowledgement that this is a gift from God. That this, you know, the Bible says that before I formed you, I knew you. And I, I sanctified you and I ordained you. So God had a dream about the future and he saw where Noah was going to fit. And he's, he is shaping him to fit that spot. <laughs> That's right. Me and Noah are tight. And, and uh, uh, the deal is, is that God's plan for Noah, we want to get into agreement with that. And Isaiah 32, 18, you know, it says, my people shall dwell in a peaceful habitation, a secure dwelling, a quiet resting place. That's not a promise. That's a commandment. That my people, my people shall dwell. It's like thou shalt not. That's a commandment. My people shall dwell. Well, he's commanding, it's a command, an instruction to us to produce a peaceful habitation. A, a, a quiet resting place, you know, a, a secure place. And uh, we, we charge the parents that this is your obligation to, uh, per, to provide this for this young man because God has a purpose and a plan for him. And it's amazing to watch it unfold. You know, it's amazing. You know, there's, uh, I don't know that there's anything better than watching our boys move in the and the gifts and callings that God has on their life, and it's it's going to blow your mind. And there's going to be days that you're going to want to take him out before he reaches his call. <laughs> okay, uh, there, there, there's going to be moments, but but we're with you and we're praying for you and and we're believing in you, just like God believed in you when He sent this gift. And uh, today, as we dedicate Him, we also surround you and, and renew that fellowship that we have with you. And I, I just want the family to get as close as they can and put your hands on the kids. And, and, uh, and church, just uh, you, you might not even be into this kind of thing, but just reach your hand out and just pray a little bit. Something, you know, you might get power flowing through your fingertips. You'd be amazed what God happens, what might, God might make something happen when you participate. It's awesome. So, so Lord, we just thank you. We thank you for this incredible gift that you've blessed this house with. We thank you, Father, that you formed him to, to, to meet a purpose, that he's, he's not just here to hang, but God, you've got, you, you have a destiny for this young man. 
And for mom and dad, God, we thank you that there's going to be strength and wisdom and insight and understanding and revelation and discernment flowing in them in and, and, and moments that they didn't even realize that it could happen. God, I just thank you that every family member that stands here today, that you are giving them uh, pieces of life to share with Noah. And Lord, as we surround them together, as we, as we lock shields and, and know that there's going to be moments that we have to stand guard and protect, and there's going to be moments that we have to speak life and not death, and there's going to be moments that we have to see the future and get our eyes off the present, and there's going to be moments, but God, you're going to be in every one of those moments with us. And you're going to be our strength, and you're going to be our hope, and you're going to be our, our, our strong salvation. And God, we just stand together. And, and for families in the room right now, that, that Lord, it just seems like the, the family is, is, is gone into chaos mode. Lord, we stand in the gap for each other, and we declare right now that you're going to call in the children from the north, the south, the east, and the west, and you're bringing those that you've called back to your presence. God, I just thank you that this, we just prophesy over this young man that he's going to be a voice that speaks to the lost, and they're going to become the found. And we give you the glory and honor for it in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Way to go, Noah. He's a stud. It's a good thing his mama's pretty. Okay. Amen. Well, that's awesome. You know, and some of you other guys can go ahead and get busy. <laughs> Not us. See that? You see that look she gave me? She's like, "What? What was that?" Just come on. Do you see how fun that was? Hey, if you're, if you're here and you don't own a Bible, if you hold your hand up, our ushers will bring one to you. It's our gift to you. We want to make sure everybody has a copy of the Word of God. Guys, you need to get into the Word every single day. Amen? Find, you know, go to the book of Proverbs and find the chapter for the, for the day. You know, on the 25th, read the 25th chapter. On the, on the 18th, you're going to read, you know, he who willfully isolates himself from God and man seeks his own desire and is void of sound judgment. And, and, and take a verse and start meditating on it and, and just, that just, just read it and repeat it and read it and repeat it and read it and repeat it and then just think about it and let the Holy Spirit talk to you about it. And, and you know what will happen is it will help you get on track in areas you didn't even know you were off track. You know, uh, I, I, I want to say this because some of you might not be aware of it, but there are areas in your life Maybe I should have them dim the lights. There's areas in your life where you are off track. Okay? But his word is a lamp unto my feet and a light to my path. He came to take away. You know, all sin is is missing the mark or to get off the trail, to get off track, right? And he came to take away the sin. He came, he came in other words, he came to get us back on track. So get in his word and get his word into you and let it change you. Amen. Come on, hold your Bible up, lift it way up high, make a confession with us, say, this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I choose to do what it says I can do. Say, I have an open mind. I have a teachable spirit from this moment forward. I'm never going to be the same. I refuse to be the same in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Come on, give Jesus one more hand. Thank him for his word. Amen. I hope you have great plans for the weekend, and uh, you're just going to take time and celebrate and be with friends and family and do something awesome and keep God right in the middle of it. Amen. Just keep God right in the middle of it. How I many you know that following Christ, being, being uh, you know, a, a wholehearted servant of God, doesn't come with days off. Don't, don't be part-timing on Jesus, right? Be, be a full-time believer. And these are opportunities to step into situations with uh, family and friends that, that we haven't been around, you know, co-workers. Sometimes it's just a, just a moment to be, to be the light, you know, to, to be salt, to, to, to be wise, to be sharp, to be alert. Don't, don't take the day off and be nuts. 
because it'll disrupt what God's doing in you. And God's, I really believe that God is setting you up to make a difference in the lives of others. I think one of the greatest things God does in our life is when he uses us to make an eternal change in the life of somebody else. And, you know, just, just keep your eyes open and be alert this, this weekend and, and look for the moments. You know, some of the people, you know, when you're going through the coffee stand and some of them had to work and, and you, this might be your opportunity to speak a word of life and, and to give a bigger tip. Took a minute, didn't it? Like, what? Yeah. Be, be generous. Don't, don't take time off on that either. Amen. Because, because God has a plan for your life. How many know God has a plan for your life? And, and, you know, and he don't take time off, right? He don't take time off. But isn't it funny how we do? We, we kind of, we hit moments where, where, where we just hit the pause button. We're going to float, you know, and this is, this, is, this is my time. You know, I worked hard this week, and, 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 and I, I'm going to take some time. And you end, up, you, you end up messing up the rest of the month. Be smart. Be smart. You know, I mean, just picture with me. Just, just picture, you know, a guy. Let's, let's, let's say that Kurt Schaefer, you know, let's use Kurt. And Kurt's sitting on his couch. He's just polished off a of pizza. He's on his second box of Twinkies. He's on his 17th episode of Heartland on Netflix. He is having a good afternoon. Okay. And he's just kicked back and he's relaxed. And suddenly there's a knock at the door. And he's like, oh, my Lord. And, and, you know, this is kind of this kind of a problem because he, you know, he has his thing going on, man. He's got his groove on, and he has to set down the Twinkie, and he has to find the remote, and he has to hit the pause button. And he opens the door, and there's three dudes standing at the doorway, and, and they just march right in. I mean, they just come. He opens the door, and they come in. And they, you know, where's the living room? They go in. They sit down. They're dressed really nice. And he sits down and looks at them, and, and they introduce themselves to him, and they say, hey, Kurt, we are representatives of, you know, Know, of the U.S. Olympic Committee, and we're here to visit with you today because we have, we have scoured the nation. We have we put all kinds of evaluation tests together. We've run all the names and all the, all the numbers, and, and we have made a selection, and guess what, buddy? You're it. We choose you. We believe in you, Kurt. We believe that you can represent the United States of America and that you can do it with great integrity and character. And we're, you know, there is no plan B. You are, you are the guy. And at the upcoming Olympics, at the next Olympics, you're not only going to represent the nation, but you're going to run the marathon. And, 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 you know, and we're going to be behind you. We're going to give you, you know, we're going to provide the uniforms. We're going to provide the transportation. We're going to put anything you need that's in alignment with this marathon. You got it. We got your back. We believe in you. We'll see you in a few weeks. And they give him a high five and they leave. And he closes the door. He sits back down on the couch. He picks up his Twinkie. Because that's just what Kurt does. And he's thinking to himself, he goes to take a bite and it doesn't even taste the same. Because all of a sudden, man, some, you know, they believe in me. So he finds the remote and turns the show on. He watches two more episodes, but he's not really there. You know, he, he can't remember any of that. And finally, he just turns it off and throws away the Twinkie, and he goes up, and you know, I'm just going to bed. He goes to bed, and, and in the middle of the night, he, he, he wakes up because he's got this thing on his brain. And, and, and he's torn. What am I going to do with this? You know, they, they've come here and they left paperwork and they signed it and they sealed it and they're making announcements and it's going public. And you know what? I'm representing. I'm representing. And, and, and over the course of the next few days, he, he, he's, in a, he's in a kind of a quandary because, he, you know, it's like a crossroads. He has to make some decisions because there's more than one way. There's more than one way to handle this, this revelation that he's going to represent the nation and, and run in a marathon. There's more than one way to, to deal with this. And one, one one way that he could do it. I mean, it is an option. He could just like Twinkie up. You know what I'm saying? He could just load up on Twinkies and have a bunch of Twinkie parties and have his friends over and talk about the fact that he represents the United States of America and that they've got his back and that they're providing him with all kinds of stuff. And he figured out some way to tell them that what he actually needed was more Twinkies and they paid for him. And he's got it going on and he's just looking forward to the night that he gets to walk into that stadium wherever it's at with all those other people and the lights are flashing and the fireworks are exploding and he might even get to carry a flag and he gets to walk in and he 
he gets to find the cameras and he can wave at the cameras because he's representing and he can just twinkie up every day from now till then. And at the day of that event, when he'll be on time, then he'll get out there on the track and, and, and he'll get in the starting block and whatever they do. And when they shoot the gun, he's going to take off and he is going to run as hard as he can. He's going to try as hard as he can. And if he does that, what's going to happen? He's going to lose bad. Yeah, but he's trying hard. Well, see, victory does not occur because you try hard. Victory occurs because you train hard. And when they tell you, you've been chosen, you're going to represent, even if he takes his newly pudgified body. He's still representing. Because there ain't no plan B. Just Kurt. He's representing. He's got the uniform. He's got a cute blue blazer. And a couple of mementos. He represents. Well, here's the deal. I don't know where you were at or what you were doing. I don't know if you'd had pizza or Twinkies or not. But there was a knock at your door. And three individuals came in, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and they entered into your life. And they said, guess what? We've scoured the earth, and we've chosen you. Before I formed you, God said, I, I, I knew you, man. And I've wired you and equipped you, and I have given you everything that you need to fulfill the purpose and to fulfill the dream for, that I saw for you. And you're going to represent me. And you know what? You're going to get in a race. And whether you want to run or not, I don't care because that's why I formed you and that's why I created you. And I'm going to put you in a race because I believe in you. And I believe that you have the ability to win this race. I don't think that you can just represent well. I don't think that you can just place somewhere up near the top. I believe that you can win the race. And I'm going to tell you something. It is a little bit frustrating because it has the ability to change the way that you do everything in life. Because if you take this seriously, man, if, you, if the U.S. Olympic Committee comes to your house and you take it seriously, guess what? Just the fact that you're going to represent and you're going to run in the race, and if you get real and you say, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to start training. I'm going to train hard. And I'm, I'm going to put my all into this thing. Guess what's going to happen? Your entire life is going to shift. There are things in your world that you're going to rearrange to make, to make time for the training that's required. You, you, you know what? You, you're you're going to train, and there's, some, there's certain things. You know, you're going to put the Twinkies away. You might not ever see another Twinkie. You know what? The pizza's got to go because it's going to change your diet. It's going to change your sleep habits. It's going to change your social life. Why? Because you're serious. See, you and I need to understand that there might be some changes coming our way because God has called us to run a race. Hebrews 12, verse 1. It says, since the grandstands are filled with people who have already borne testimony to the truth. We're surrounded by a grandstand full of people cheering us on, men of faith. Then, 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 then here, here's what we should do. We should strip off anything that slows us down. We should strip off anything that slows us down. You know, anything that's slowing you down. You know, King James says, let us, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily besets us. Not every weight is a sin. Not everything that God's going to speak to you about moving away from is necessarily, you know, well, what's wrong with that? It, no, it, it, that's not the point. The point is, is that it's slowing you down. And let, a, let, let us strip off everything that slows us down and holds us back, and especially the sin that so easily tightens itself around our feet and trips us up. And let us run with patience. Let us run with patience the particular race that God has set before us. Let us run with patience. I want us to say that together. Let us run with patience. Say it again. Let us run with patience. One more time. Let us run with patience. See, patience is one of those things that we are all goofed up on because we think patience is the ability to wait a long time. If you have patience, you, you can handle jack-in-the-box because they don't cook it till you order it. 
That's why I don't go there. I don't want to wait for fast food. That's not patience. Patience is the ability to remain unchanged regardless of the time, regardless of the circumstance, regardless of the situation. We don't change. And when you run with patience, what he's saying is, is run with patience. Don't, don't let the race determine the length of it. You, you can't get in the middle of the race and say, I, I'm done. I, I, you know what? Marathons are great, but I decided to do a 5K instead. Because if you, if, you don't, if you don't wrap your heart and mind around this reality, you have to finish your race. God's called you, equipped you, anointed you, empowered you. He has elevated you. He has, uh, man, he's given you every. The Bible says that he's given you everything that you need to live a life that pleases him. He has set you up for the race, man. And, and this race isn't my race. Your race isn't her race. It's your race. Let us run with patience the particular race that God has set before us. There is a race. And a lot of times what we do is we look at somebody else's race and we want to tell them how to run it. But the reality is, is that that ain't your race. You, you, you ought not be telling everybody else how to run their race if you're not running yours. That was a big amen moment there and you just missed it big time. You had, you had the opportunity to tell off people you know without them knowing it. Amen! Right? So we got to run this race. We Look at somebody tell them, it's time for you to run this race. <laughs> I, I, I want to I give you just some, some, some pointers, you know, uh, to, to help you just wrap your heart and mind around your race. Number one, You've been chosen by God. Look at John 15, 16. He said, you didn't choose me. I chose you. You know, a lot of times we make statements like, I found Jesus. <laughs> he wasn't lost, right? He, he, you know, he, yeah, I'm glad we, that you finally found him. You know, that's <laughs> uh, funny. But uh, uh, you know, he came to your door. He knocked. You opened it. You responded to him. You, you know, isn't it funny that when you got saved, you were singing, I surrender all. On your way home, you are taking it all back. You know, you've been chosen by God. God knew exactly what he was doing when, when, he, when he brought you onto the planet. Man, he, he said, I, know ex I knew exactly what I was doing. I had it all planned out. And I'm going to give you the future that you hope for. But you know what you got to do? You got you to embrace the reality that you've been chosen by God. Man, it's one thing, you know, I, I, I like to amplify it there where it says, you know, uh, and I, I've, I've uh, elected you. You didn't elect me. I elected you. In other words, I have God's vote. Man, he's appointed you. Man, to be appointed by God, man, let me tell you something, appointment, that's where the power is at. That's where the anointing is at. That's where the, that, that's, that's, man, you, you, you get in your appointment, you, you know, you, you, you know, keep it in the race stuff, you know, you get in your lane, in your appointment, think about the, 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 the president's position, that's an appointed position in his appointment, there's insane power that comes with that appointment. Outside of the appointment, he's just another guy. In your appointment, you have the ability to, to you, you can say, like, like Paul said, I'm ready for an equal to anything that comes my way through Christ who's infusing me with inner strength. Why? Because I'm in my appointment. Man, you, you know, uh, there's a grace for that. There's a grace that comes on you when you're in certain situations and it's just totally out of control and it's nuts. But the grace of God, grace is not a blanket you're hiding your sin under. It's not a license for you to do whatever you want. It's, grace is not the ability to disobey God. Grace is the empowering agent that gives you the ability to do anything that God's called you to do. Man, I look at things that God's done in my life and, and, and in my family and in some of my friends, and I realize that there's been some great things that have been accomplished through these lives that we could have never done without the grace of God on us to do those specific things. Why? Because we're, we were in our appointment. And I've also experienced moments in life when I was outside my appointment and I tried to just do stuff, you know, without, without being appointed to it. And I'm sorry, but it sucked. In your appointment, that's why the enemy, see, that's why the enemy wants to disappoint you. 
The prefix dis means to push or press out of. The enemy wants to disappoint. He wants to get you out of your appointment so you don't have that power, so you don't have that authority, so you don't have that ability that only comes from God, so that you can't do all things, so that you can't do nothing. You can't do jack. Why? Because you are disappointed. See, if you get disappointed with your children, you lose the the authority. You lose the power to speak into their life. If you get disappointed with your spouse, you you lose the power of agreement that is, man, if any two of you agree on earth is touching anything whatsoever, they ask my father in in my name, he'll make it happen. You lose that. So the enemy's constantly trying to get you disappointed. Jesus said, man, I called you. I, I elected you. I chose you. I chose you. Man, I, I hope that, I, I know that there's people that need this birth in their spirit. God chose me. You know, the enemy's always pointing out what's wrong with you. And sometimes, can't, look, it's Saturday night. Can we just get real for a second? Sometimes you don't even need a devil. You got friends and family. And if they don't get the job done, you got church people. Hello? You know, one of the things I love about the garden is we are not church people. You hang around here very long, we're going to get the church people stuff out of you. Okay? But a lot of us, we don't need another voice. We have our own voice telling us that we're not good enough telling us that we've made way too many mistakes, telling us that we're not strong enough, telling us that we're not smart enough, telling us that we're not rich enough, telling us, uh, you know, talking ourselves out of, we're in total disagreement with God. Anytime, anytime you are in disagreement with God, you're in agreement with the enemy. So some of us are more in agreement with the devil than we are with God. Yet we got a t-shirt and a bumper sticker and we swear to God that we are following Christ, but I'm sorry, he ain't going the direction you are. You know, if you're swirling around and getting ready to get sucked under, you can't be following God because, that, you know, you can't follow Christ down the tube. You know, there might be a little adjustment that needs to be made in your head, and I'm hoping tonight that you'll get a revelation. God chose me. I'm, I'm chosen. I'm chosen. There's going to be moments in your life that no one else will agree with you but God. So you better know it. You better know that, you know what? He chose me. He chose me for this race. He came to my house. He came to my house. Nobody comes to the Father except the Son. Draw on him. Hello? Man, I could just like go Pentecostal. <laughs> Some of you are really struggling with this. Man, you, you got to own this thing. I've been called by God, chosen by God, set up by God, and this is my race. And you either get with me or get ran over, but I'm running my race. Hello, somebody. I think right there you just ought to clap. Just, just agreement, just clap to say, I'm going to run it. See, something, something, else, uh, uh, something else you need to know about your race is it's not simply a contest. It's also a conflict. Okay, it's a conflict. Uh, run with patience the race that is set before you. It's the Greek word agon, which is where we get our word. It's the root word for agony. Agony. God chose you knowing it was going to produce agony. But he wired you and equipped you to endure. Oh, I wish God would take this thing away. That's, you know, he had, he had one of the dudes in the book that was constantly asking him, and finally he said, listen, my grace is sufficient. I will empower you to handle this. I don't care what you come up against, but you are equipped to demonstrate Satan's defeat on a daily basis. You got this. 
because I'm in you. See, God doesn't lead us in the battles that we can win. He doesn't lead us in the problems that we can solve. He doesn't lead us in the situations we can afford. He doesn't lead us to places that it's great ease. Matter of fact, ease is an enemy. You, you know, you're going to have eternity celebrating and praising Jesus. But right here, right, you know, that's in the sweet by and by, right? In the sweet by and by. I grew up in church, so that's all we talked about. The sweet by and by. But we're dealing with the nasty here and now. We're dealing with the reality of the, of the agony, the agony that's got, that it's going to go through. And because the enemy, you know what? He's going to stir up as much agony as he can. You're in a conflict. Get your big boy britches on. You know, quit acting like such a wiener and realize that you've been called by God, empowered by God, set up by God. You got this thing. He's going to strengthen you. He's going to guide you. He's going to direct your steps. He's going to call you. Well, I'm in a flood. Yeah, but it won't overtake you. Yeah, but there's a fire, but the flame won't kindle upon you. I got news for you. You're going to make it. You just stay with God, and you are going to make it. Hello. You know, Matthew 6, we know these verses, right? Seek. First, the kingdom of God amplified. Strive after. Aim it. Here's, here's your target. Here's the thing you got to strive after. And, and in other words, it's, it's not going to be easy. Matthew 6, It's not going to be easy. You, you're going to have to strive after it. You're going to have to stretch towards it. You're going to have to press in and get it. you got to remember that Jesus, your example, didn't quit, didn't cave in, didn't give up. So you don't get to either. You're in a conflict. It's not supposed to be nice and pretty all the time. You know, to, to pursue the will of God, the purpose of God, the plan of God, let me tell you something. It's going to produce agony. That doesn't mean you missed God. It probably means you're hearing him. You know, I look at us just as a corporate body, and, and I look at where we are, and, and I talk to God about where He wants us to go and, and, and what He wants us to do. And, and sometimes, and this is, you know, I'm just be totally transparent. I, I think I slack off too much because I look at it and, and I realize this is going to be agony for some of us. And I decide, you know, sometimes I, I decide, I, I don't want to put us through the agony. Let's just, just chill here a minute. And God's been talking to me this last week especially about me stop, quit, quit playing God. Quit taking my job. I'm going to empower these people to endure their agony. But this is their race. And without it, they can't win. You know what? You're not going to win a marathon agony-free. Next point, since that one was so popular. Okay, your race is unique. You know, it's the race set before us. Isn't it interesting that we're, we're all headed to the same destination, but we're going to have different paths. You know, if I said, okay, everybody meet me at my house tonight at 8 o'clock, and, and when we get there and we're all there, I bet you five bucks we don't all take the same path. You know, sometimes we look at others and, and, and we look at their race and we start comparing ourselves amongst ourselves. The Bible says that's not wise. You know, we start looking at their race or her race or I wish that was my race. No, you got to run your race. And you, you, you need to celebrate who you are and the giftings and the callings and the purpose because w- without you doing your part, the rest of us suffer. So you, you need to run your race, well, uh, and you can measure your performance, you can measure your growth, you can measure your success. It's really easy. At the end of the day, ask yourself this question, am I more like Christ now than I was at the beginning of the day? Am, am I just more like Christ? Come on, just take one step today. Just take a step. Just, you know, set the Twinkie down. Throw the remote away. Get up, go outside, and get, start training for the race. And, and at the end of the day, are, are, do you look more like a runner than you did at the beginning of the day? And just walk yourself into victory and walk yourself into training. Hello, somebody. You know, uh, in, in your race, there are no timeouts. There's no pause button. There's, there's no way to, to, to take a break. No, we are training for reigning. Okay? You're going to rule and reign. And, and, and you've you, you got you to train yourself. You've got to train hard. You don't get a vacation. You're in the race. 
The next point I want to make about your race, your race is filled with obstacles. You know, we've mentioned marathon several times. It really is more like a steeplechase. Because you, you, you've got obstacles and barriers and hurdles and hazards. There's pressure. And a lot of times we try to do everything we can to avoid the pressure. I want to get out from under the pressure. Somebody relieve the pressure. Well, if you don't have any pressure, you are what we would call flat. You think about, think about your car tonight. If you walk outside and one of the tires suddenly has no pressure, that's not a good thing. Now, you can act like it's not flat because you celebrate the fact that finally we have gotten rid of all the pressure. You know, get rid of all the pressure, and as you drive out, we all know something's wrong. You can, you can pretend all you want, but as you're going out of here, we, you know, some of us are smart enough to figure this out. Some of you guys, you know, if you lose all the pressure, if you take the guitar and take the pressure off the strings, let me tell you something, it's not pretty. You take all the pressure off of you, and the result is not going to be what you think it is. You, you know, you actually need the pressure to hit the note. You need the pressure to carry the weight. You need the pressure. And don't, be, don't be trying to avoid the pressure. There's obstacles in your race. It's not that God isn't for you. It's just, you know, when, when he set up David to take out Goliath, it, it just wasn't going to read good if, if David beat up midgets. It wasn't going to read good. So, so he had him fight a giant. You know, it wasn't going to read good if the three Hebrew children went into a perfectly warm spot and waited for the king to change his mind. No, they went into a fiery furnace heated up seven times hotter than ever before. It wouldn't have been, it wouldn't have been miraculous if when they went to cross the Jordan that, that it had already dried up. No, they went and it was flooding its banks. See, when God leads you, the obstacles are the enemy's strategy to get you to stop following. The obstacles should be your indicator that this is going to be good. And you start developing and rehearsing your testimony. Because you know what? They called us up and they said, we only got a few hours. We got to get out of the house. Practice the testimony. Somebody say amen. amen. You know, an obvious one, I think, is if you plan to win, you're probably going to have to run. 1 Corinthians 9.24 says, run to win. Run to win. You're not beating other runners. You're becoming a spiritual champion. Run to win. Get it in your mind. I'm going to win this race. God's called me. God called me. This ain't no little deal. This ain't, uh, hello, somebody. This ain't no little deal. And, and, and you know, get sold out. You, you know, you're not looking for perfection. You're looking for progress. So just keep, just keep progress. Just keep forward motion. Just keep in the battle. Keep in the fight. Keep in the race. And just keep pressing in. And, and, and man, it's going to be awesome. Your race demands endurance. So don't cave in. You know, uh, uh, undying persistence is, is, is like, man, I, we just got to get this. We, we, we got to get it in us. We got we to gotta just refuse. You know, when somebody else starts feeling sorry for you, you know, kick them in the shin. You do not need pity. Pity will hurt you. You, should, you know, because people start feeling sorry for you, and now all of a sudden, well, I, I should probably feel sorry for myself. I mean, uh, why, why should they be feeling bad about what I'm going through if I ain't feeling bad? So I need to start feeling bad so that we can be in harmony together. You know, pity will destroy, it'll, it'll, it'll paralyze, it'll cause you to take a downward slope. No, 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 no. I, I don't need pity. I need power. It's like the guy that came to Jesus and said, have pity on us. And Jesus is standing there thinking, wouldn't you rather have power? I can heal that kid or I can feel sorry for you. Don't you think it's weird how quiet we get in church right at that moment? Well, it just seems harsh. No, you, you want to have victory. You know, it, I could ask you, how many of you want a victory? You'd all raise your hand. Well, that means there's going to be a battle. You can't have victory without a battle. Well, I just need a little teeny bit of victory then. <laughs> God's called you to great victory. There's some things about the race that, that we just haven't really thought about, I think. It, you know, you, you, ha you have to engage. Well, I'm trying hard. Yeah, but are you training hard? 
Are you training hard? Are you serious about training yourself? Now, you, you know what the Bible tells us to do in 1 Timothy 4, 7. It says, refuse and avoid irreverent uh, legends and impure godless fiction, grandmother's tales. Get rid of the stupid stuff and train yourself toward godliness. Train yourself toward godliness. Train yourself towards godliness. You are not going to go to bed one night, wake up the next day, and, hey, I'm godly. It ain't going to happen. You have to train yourself. You, you know, well, I want some of these God life results. Well, you're going to have to train yourself in God's ways because His ways are higher than your ways. His ways are not easier than your ways. His ways are higher than your ways. And, and, and the deal is, is that without training, man, you, you can try all you want, but you can't pull it off. You've got to train. To get stronger, you've got to train. You have to train yourself. You have to train this inner man to rule and reign. Because if you don't, that, that your spirit's going to take a second seat, man. And you can't have that. You've got to train yourself to be led by the Spirit of God. You have to train yourself to walk by faith and not by sight. You have to train yourself to think thoughts that, were, that are just, that are pure, that are loving. You have to train yourself. You have to train yourself. You know, you know prayer life. You ain't going to just have one. You got to train yourself to pray. And well, what should I pray about? Everything. Everything. You know, Jeremiah 33, 3, call on me and I'll answer you and I'll show you stuff you don't know. Start talking to God about everything. Train yourself in prayer. Any action that you perform without prayer is you declaring that you don't need God. So pray about everything. Train yourself. And, and, and you know what? Uh, sometimes some of your friends and family need to know what you're doing. You need to say, hold on a minute. What are you going to do? I'm going to pray about it. Why? Because I'm training. I'm in training. You know, if you were running the marathon and, and you were going to represent the U.S. and your friend said, hey, come on, let's go get a pizza. You say, I can't right now. Why? I'm in training. I'm in training right now. You know, I, I, can't, I can't remember when, but a few, you know, a couple of years ago, you know, just getting ready for the new year, talking to God about consecration, that type of stuff. God said, okay, I want, I, it's not like we spent like our lives at the movie theaters or anything, but God just said, I, I want you to give up R-rated movies. I'm like, done. So we're never going to the movies again. <laughs> well, because there aren't any good ones that aren't R, okay? Because stuff has to blow up and people have to die and that kind of stuff. You know, and so we went for months and months and never went to a movie. But, but you know, one day, one day, just in, in conversation with God, God, what's up with that? Because, you know, I, I really don't think it was impacting my life. He, and you, you, you know what he just impressed upon my spirit? Is that it wasn't really about what, how they were impacting me, but it was how me telling people that I wouldn't do that, how that was impacting them. Because I'm just not afraid to tell you, hey, we're going to a movie. Is it rated R? Well, yeah. Can't, can't do that. I don't do that. So you think we shouldn't? No, I think I can't. I don't care what you do. I'm not your Holy Spirit. You want to go watch it? Go watch it. You a little low on cash? See Stephen. <laughs> you got to train yourself with, with studying the Word of God. Train yourself with Bible study. Train yourself. You know what's embarrassing? Is hooking up with a believer who knows no word. See, I think when you come and say, hey, would you pray for me? Okay, what's the scripture we're going to agree on? And you look at me like, well, that's your job. See, in my head, I'm thinking, oh, I can't tell you what I'm thinking because some of you will get your feelings hurt. It's not pretty what I'm thinking. I'm thinking, come on, guys. You got to train for this. You got to train for this. We, we've, we, we have purchased a subscription churchwide to Right Now Media, which means that you have more video resources in Bible studies than Netflix has in worldly movies. Why'd we do that? So you could train yourself. So that you could, so that, he, you know, I think it's cute. You know, 
Isn't Noah cute? Noah's cute. And you know what? Uh, is he still eating out of a bottle? He uses the bottle. He's, he might be doing that like right now. He, he, he could be eating the bottle. But, but look at Noah's dad and the beard thing. You know, this, by the way, that is one bad-of-the-bone beard. But if we have to part the whiskers to put the bottle in, something's wrong. See, if Noah grows a beard like that and he's still taking a bottle, we're going to wonder what's up. See, some of you guys, well, I, I just haven't been getting fed. Well, you get off your duff, you lazy bum. Where's the fridge? Go get it. We're not, you, know, he, you know, at Church of the Garden, we're not actually doing it for the members. We're wanting to reach the lost. So you're going to have to train yourself in the Word of God. You know, we're going to do everything we can. We're going to get resources to you. I'm probably going to say some things that are going to help you. I'm hoping. But you, you know what? This is the locker room. You know, you, you got to train hard. You don't just get a lesson from the coach once a week and, and, you, and you win big races. You know, you, you, you know okay, we're, we're going into this thing. You know, football's starting. Come on, football's starting. Guess what those guys have done? They've trained hard. You, don't, you, you know what? If you don't train hard, you ain't ever getting on the field. And some of you guys would be blown away with what God would do with your life if you would just invest in your own training. Well, I don't have time. Then quit something. Oh, man, this is a popular message tonight. Yeah. Sell the camper. On Labor Day, it's a great time to sell one. What's, ro- what's robbing you? What's robbing you of your true purpose? If you can't get a grip on it, then you better make some changes. You do realize that, and one of the things that has me kind of passionate tonight is that the Bible says that I, as a pastor, am going to give account for your soul. Your soul is the way you think, which turns to the way you feel, which makes the choices that you make, which determines the actions you perform, which is going to, do, you know, on, on, on. I have to give an account for the way you think. How come you think this way? Well, this is, you know, this is what my daddy did. Was he a godly man? No. Then why are you living like an ungodly man? Okay, I'll hurry. <laughs> See, they were working on the ice cream machine, and it'll be done. They told me exactly what time, 7.22, and so I don't want to get done ahead of the ice cream. Um, you got to train yourself in worship. God is seeking those who will worship Him in spirit and in truth. If that's what God's looking for, you probably should be one. So you should be trained in worship. You, you know what that means? That means that you should be, worship means to rivet your eyes on someone or something, to sit at one's feet, even as a dog sits at his master's feet, licking his master's hand. That's the Vines' expository dictionary definition of the word worship. Worship is not a slow song. Worship is, it, it, it is a mindset, and it's not afraid to open its mouth and to lift up its voice. The Bible said, Jesus said it. Jesus said, out of the mouth of babes and sucklings, you have ordained strength to silence the enemy. You have ordained praise. You have perfected praise. Your praise has the ability to shut hell up. Up. You need to train yourself. And if you have to go get alone and, and you know, sing unto the Lord a new song, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. I mean, you, there's like 9,000 scriptures that tell us to break forth into singing and cry aloud. And, and you guys come into, sometimes you come into a sanctuary filled with people singing and you stand there with your mouth shut. And why? Because you haven't trained yourself. And then you're getting your hiney handed to you. Why? Because hell's screaming at you all the time. How, how did they get so much control in your world? Because you didn't train yourself. Say, I love Pastor Tom. Man, that made me feel better. Okay, you have to train yourself in service. You've got to be a servant. You ain't above that. Jesus took off his robe of authority, set it down, wrapped a towel around his waist, and went to serving the guys. What did he do? He used his power to elevate everybody else in the room. That, you got to serve. You got to serve the body. Why do we have to do that? It's training. How about evangelism? Well, isn't that left up to evangelists? Well, you shall receive power to be a witness. You know, all a witness does is share their side of the story. You need to train yourself to look for the opportunities 
to share your side of the story. Man, I can't believe what my wife just did. Can I, sir, can I just tell you how much better my marriage has been since I got God involved? I hate this card. Hey, you know what? God is for you, man. I used to have a car that wouldn't run. And I prayed, and God helped me get a new one. You've been empowered by God to share your side of the story. Stewardship. You've got to train yourself. You've got to train yourself. You've got to train yourself to do the things that God's called us to do. You've got to train yourself. And you're not, you're not going to get victorious because, man, I'm trying so hard. No, you get victorious because you're training hard. You've got to train to reign, man. You, you, you know, you got to train to reign. And you got to realize that, that, you know what, there are days that it's going to feel like a setback. But isn't that kind of, you know, some, some of us have swung by the gym and, I mean, actually got out of the car. Some of us have gone into the building. You, you know, so there's different, st- different stages. And when you get into the building, this is my favorite part. You get into the building, they have a milkshake stand in there. You can get a smoothie. And, you know, and eventually you can actually work your way over to one of the weights. But you got you got to engage. You got to start. You got to just re, you got to realize God has called you. And there's a race, and whether you like it or not, you're already representing. You're all re, you're you're on. You're representing. You got the shirt, the blazer, everything. People look at you. Their opinion of God is either increased or decreased. See, if God is for you, if God believes in you, so do I. So I got a bunch of spiritual champions in here. But don't slack off on your training. It's time to train. Close your book, bow your head. Father, I just thank you that you have called us out of darkness, out of a place where we can't see the truth, out of, out of a place of, uh, of confusion, and you've, you, you've led us, translated us into the marvelous light, the enlightenment, the ability to recognize and see clearly. God, let us see where we are. Let us recognize. Let us get real with ourselves so that we can, so that we can know the areas of our life that we need to start training, and we need to train hard. Because, Lord, the, the more training we engage in, the more prepared we are, and, and, and the more it's going to be awesome what you do in us, through us, for us, amongst us, and by us. Some of you guys, while heads are bowed and eyes are closed, some of you, you know what you need to do tonight? It's time to answer the door. It's time to say, okay, I'll represent. I want Jesus in my life. I want it to be real. You know, maybe you prayed that prayer a hundred times. Maybe you've never prayed it. But if tonight, if this is your night to say, you know what? I'm, I'm going to get real with God because I need God to be real with me. And I, I want to I fulfill the purpose that he created me for. If that's you, we're all going to pray a prayer together. I want you to make it your prayer. If you're sitting in this room and you say, you know what, Tom? This is it. I, I'm praying it and, 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 I'm, and I'm sincere and I'm not faking it. I want you to hold your hand up while nobody's looking around just so I can agree with you. Just lift your hand and say, tonight is my night. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Anybody else real quick? You got it, thank you. You guys can put them down. Anybody else? Just lift your hand up and say, yep, it's time. I'm going to run my race. I'm not going to let anything stop me. I'm tired of messing around, and I'm going to get real with God. I want everybody in this place pray this with me. Say, dear Heavenly Father, I know I need you. I need your love. I need your acceptance. I need your forgiveness. Come into my life. Change me from the inside out. Give me hope. Give me strength. Give me vision. I choose to live for you every day of my life. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for setting me free. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Come on, give God a big shout.